Hi, everyone. Thanks for stopping by the Nashville AIMP Pubcast. I'm your host, Michael McAnally-Baum. I'm the secretary of the Nashville Association of Independent Music Publishers, and I'm the president of Smack Songs. Today is a special episode. We've heard throughout this Pubcast series the importance of building a strong team. We have three guests today that provide essential services to publishers. Up first is Trina Smith, an administrator who owns Megusta Music and collects royalties on behalf of songwriters and publishers. So I own a company called Megusta Music and we do publishing administration and record licensing. The questions usually come up when people start um, making some money and then they're the wondering, good times. yeah, they're wondering like, hey, so how do I get all of this money that, you know, I have a song on the charts or... I have an album cut or something, and, and then that's when the questions start to arise. When we have a publishing client, we they'll have a cut on a record. Say they'll have a cut on, like, this is someone, like Willie Nelson or something. Welcome for that random throughout. Um, so we'll work on their behalf, and we'll license that with a label, and then they're going to be affiliated with an ASCAP or BMI, CSAC, GMR, and we're going to make sure they're collecting all the money from there. And then there's a bunch of different other pieces that we're working on behalf of them um, to collect. So streaming services and jukebox, and there might be a sync use. So we're licensing with all those companies and collecting their income. So basically we're like the funnel. So we're collecting all these different pieces and funneling it into one statement. For them. And then do you ever have situations where you have to go in and say, hey, you're not paying, you didn't pay this for this a song lot. like you were supposed to. Yeah, there's a bunch of different income streams that, and, and the world changes all the time too. So like there'll be a new streaming service and we have to make sure that they're either licensed or they're following following the agreements to pay us so we're there's a lot of follow-up that's really we're glorified follow-uppers yeah we do a lot of that um and, and especially like when there's a different technology that comes out the different people will hold on paying that so we have to check the statements we get and follow up all the time and that yeah. sounds like it's really important for an independent music publisher because really you know you you've got you've done your work creatively and written great songs or help get songs cut then they're cut and it's how do you actually get the money in yeah I've always done when I talk to people about what I do especially when they're creative people I always say like you go make the you're gonna go make the new money and then you need to hire somebody to take care of the old stuff like you need to roll forward and start making more money and then hire somebody to take care of the stuff you've already created yeah and um when you, how, how does that all work? I mean, are you, do you collect like internationally or do you collect, how yes. does that? And, and any good administrator would do that. So if they're the bigger companies, they'll have their own offices in, in each territory. Um, and we are smaller companies, so we have partners that work with us in different different countries. And most like Nashville-based music, if it's country, most of your money comes right here in the U.S., right? U.S. and then Canada and um, and then Australia and then it's like U.K. And that's kind of like the base of the income. Germany, whatever, but that's the bulk of it if it's a country cut. So like for all of our listeners who are like, I just got my first cut. I absolutely don't want to be calling, <laughs> calling around <laughs> saying, where's my money? It's easier just to... Hire get a relationship. Yes. Yeah. So like so in the 90s or early 2000s, a publisher could just sign up with Harry Fox and then sign up with ASCAP or BMI and then they're collecting almost all their money. But now it's so fractional. There's different you have to go to each streaming service or their representative to get that money, so it's really hard for someone to do that when they have a day job and like making new making new money, like creating new songs. It's hard. It's almost another it's another job. So 
And do yeah, you so. also stay informed of things? That are, so you also can bring some value to just seeing how the shit, it seems like the whole industry is shifting underneath our feet all the time. Yeah. And it's good to have somebody that is aware of like, especially like settlements or settlements all the time for like Spotify and YouTube are going on right now. There's a big label settlement. So it's always good to have somebody that is like paying attention to that stuff because that's extra money that's sitting out there on behalf of their clients too. So you said that you do admin for publishing, but also for record labels. And and so many independent music publishers are putting their music out independently. How, what, what does that relationship look like with you to them? So, and this has happened more often than not lately, uh, like because the income stream is so much greater on the master side, more and more people and people like your company are developing artists too. So you're putting out music. So it happens more and more. Um, so they'll pick a digital distributor, whoever that ends up being. So like a Sony Red or a TuneCore or CD Baby. And they're going to put that music up there. And then they hire us to um, do all their clearances. So they'll have co-writers on that record or... Um, Maybe they're they're signed they're a co-venture with Warner Chapels or or Sony and they'll have to license that. So we do like all the back end paperwork and when they start getting money in that TuneCore account, we tell them of that account how much they need to pay to other people. Right. Cause that can be a little there's a little bit of a misunderstanding sometimes about even how demos are being used, how music is going up, who actually owns that master. And do you think you bring a value to that of letting people know like, hey, this is, even though you collected this many dollars, this is how much you owe out. Yeah, like a lot of the times, well, I mean, it's not all the time, I guess, but we'll have some artists that we work with and they're like, one of them was like six records deep and (laughs) was like, oh, I need to pay some people. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you need to pay some people out of that account. So all that money isn't necessarily yours. Now, a bulk of it is master money. There's only a little bit of it that's publishing money inside that account. But then there could be a producer or, you know, sometimes people like have uh, a friend that put in some money. So they have to like back that out and create a statement or it's an artist deal that they're splitting the money between the artist and the publishing company. So, yeah, we work on that. It sounds to me like you are good at anything that requires a spreadsheet, which so many people in Music Row do not have any ability (laughs) to work. We're in Excel every day, and I love the pivot table. There you go. Mm -hmm. And on the master side, though, people always, like, the one thing that I, people are releasing their stuff independently, and it's like a publisher that's doing it for the first time. Um, a lot of them forget to like sign up for Sound Exchange, so we help them do that too. Set up the account and make sure all that money's flowing through as well. You can reach Trina at MayGustaMusicAdmin.com. Next up is Brent Daughtery. He's a partner at Anderson Benson Insurance, and he handles a lot of independent music publishers' personal and business policies, including all of mine. Well, first of all, I want to say on behalf of the AIMP2, thank you for making all these podcasts possible. I think all of our listeners are learning so much about what is working in the independent music scene and getting a chance to kind of get their business and learn kind of from what other people's stories are, but also getting an opportunity to see why it's important to have a good team around you, good partners along the way. Absolutely. I mean, you know, music publishing and independent music publishers are just a big part of our business and we love to stand behind them support them and and be there right with them 
Yeah, one of the things that I loved when I first met you guys was I was like, I don't even know how to get started in insurance. I mean, I had like a car policy over somewhere. I had a house policy somewhere. And then there was this big, giant, scary gorilla in the closet about copyright insurance. And, you know, coming to you guys, you know, even as a pretty established but still a new publisher, like with all those kind of things and lay them all at your desk, I think that what did you what did you feel about that when somebody comes in and just says, make all this make sense? I love it. Because, I mean, that's what we do each day, you know. I mean, I always say that we're not creative, but we are. We have to be. Um, blur the lines between, um, you know, the, the the insurance, which is the most boring topic, and really bringing it home and creating a holistic approach to somebody's business and personal aspects of life. Yeah, and it's hard, too. I think so many people... You know, they have, especially creative people, have a hard time wrapping around the what if. They don't want to think so much about, like, the what if, you know? And so I think that's something that you guys really work hard to say. Let's take some of those, let's take some of that anxiety out of the conversation. Exactly. And if you look at, like, you know, from personal to business to songwriter, you know, to, you know, label, all that. I mean, it can really be one simple package it doesn't have to be multiple carriers or multiple policies, but like simplify it to where you know there's no gaps in your life. Like if something goes down, you're covered. And what are you going to do? You're going to call my cell in the middle of the night and say, Brent, this is what happened. And I'm going to say it's okay. Yeah. We got you. And so that's a big thing that you guys say too, is that we, I mean, all your clients have your cell phones. We do. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I've got a couple partners and we all, uh, you've got our cells, they're on our card. I mean, we're 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, again, we're here and we're in the trenches. We love what we do and you know, love the music, love being a part of it. Yeah, you guys really do have a lot of relationships in the music industry. How did how did your firm actually end up having, having such a big music space? Yeah, so my partner George Anderson and Reno Benson, uh, they were a part of a firm called Polk & Sullivan, which grew to be the 32nd largest firm um, in the nation, privately held firm. It was sold to First Tennessee Bank. But at that time, Paul and Sullivan did a lot of entertainers. And then, uh, long story short, George and Reno were sick of board meetings and whatnot and really wanted to roll up their sleeve and get back in the trenches of what we do. So formed Anderson Benson five years ago with a focus on entertainment, um, and that's labels, publishing, touring uh, artist, and kind of everything in between. Everything that touches that touring artist. Yeah. And everything, every word that a songwriter or a publisher writes. To know that of the big, I, I mentioned it earlier, was the copyright insurance. Just yeah. what that even means and how that works and why it's important. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's funny. Uh, insurance words and policies aren't brought to light until there's a negative connotation or a story. And, you know, like you and I were discussing before this, the Robin Thicke or, and you can go on with the, the cases that have been made public uh, with copyright infringement. And, you know, I mean, so yeah, songwriter, you know, it's, it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing for the writers, the publishers, the label, anybody that's, that's, um, in that line, you know, again, when they're going to name a suit, they're going to name every one of those people in it. Right. And, you know, so this coverage is, is first party coverage and it starts at dollar one. So 
when you think of having to hire an attorney, you don't do that. We help you, you know, hire the attorney of your choice and defend those cases, which that's the, I would say that's the biggest part of the songwriter, you know, it's defense. You can run up so much money on frivolous suits. We're still going to defend it. Yeah. And so, and it's just that peace of mind. If a claim comes against you, I think that's every songwriter's kind of biggest nightmare because now with all the streaming services, your entire catalog of songs that weren't even commercially successful, that literally didn't scrape having any kind of notoriety. Still, there is a, there's the possibility that something you wrote originally is going to have something similar to it that predates you just that's available to anybody. It is. And I think it's human nature. You know, we go through life and we're listening to music, uh, whatever city or country we're in. And sometimes things stick in your head and, you don't always know years later if that's something that's going to come into that room that day. So, you know, although the intention isn't there in in these cases, um, it's just an unfortunate side of uh, the the business that, yeah. that, you know, it could. But again, that's where this comes in and takes off. And I will say also, you know, there's a lot more coverage than just that you get from that E&O policy you get live performance. So, you know, if you go out on stage as an artist and you say something that slanders somebody or, or that oh. you're liable, it covers that. It covers your social media. So nowadays people are posting and off the cuff, artists or writers are posting things off the cuff. And so if any of that material was brought into a suit, merch, you know, merch is a big thing. Um, you stole, um, you infringed on a design of mine or a, a logo of mine. So all of that is encompassed in this one little policy. And so it, it, it's a lot more than just the words and the melody and the B, you know, it, 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 it encompasses a lot with it. For independent music publishers who are starting to have staff, you guys cover like all of the, the workplace kind of, yeah, uh, un- yeah I'll, I'll talk. I, I mean, you know, it's funny. People get, when they hear entertainment and insurance, unless you are in entertainment insurance, and unless you're an entertainment insurance carrier who writes the paper that we issue these policies on, you jump sideways. It scares the hell out of out of carriers, out of agencies. What do we do? What do we do? But it's the same lines of coverage of any thing in life. You have general liability. So say you're, you know, you're a new publisher in town and what do I need to do to get started? Well, I've leased this space. Well, you, first of all, you need general liability. You need to cover the slip and falls. Somebody comes and visits a guest and they fall and hurt themselves. The GL will respond. You probably need uh, auto hired and non-owned auto. So if you have an assistant that is taking stuff to the mail and they wreck and they have terrible auto limits, yours Yours comes above and beyond those. Um, you've got work comp. So, yes, if an employee hurts themselves while on the job, it's an unlimited benefit. Um, and then you have property coverage. So, you know, computers, desk, all that stuff um, in between. So it's really four lines of coverage across the board in insurance, and it's the same, but we tailor it to the exact approach that needs to be taken so if you're just starting you can buy it it's not expensive and then we can build upon that um, all the way to you know a big publishing company 
You can reach Brent and his team at andersonbenson.com. Our final guest today is Denise Nichols. She's an attorney at the Primacy Law Firm. It's a boutique entertainment law firm catering to the needs of creative individuals and businesses. I love working with new companies, with new artists, with new writers. I mean, in my practice, I liked it. I've always liked doing that when I was in other areas of the industry, but I, but I enjoy it in my practice as well. So I'm kind of in on the early ground floor with people a lot. Yeah, and you also really spend a lot of time making yourself aware of what's going on in the greater legislative legal sphere too. Michael, are you saying I'm a nerd I'm about sa- this? I'm saying you are <laughs> thorough. <laughs> no, I do love it and I gush about copyright. It's, it's silly, but I I it's such an interesting broad body of information and yeah. work and it's changing so rapidly that I subscribe to different emails and newsletters and such to stay abreast of changes that are coming up. So when someone comes to you and, you know, a lot of stuff when it gets into the legal space and the legislative space, it just seems so overwhelming for a person who comes in and says, you know, new publisher, I've got this great songwriter. I'm really excited about what they what they, what they can offer the music industry, but I don't even know where to get started. What, what what kind of things when these relationships start with you? Kind of how do you? How, what kind of advice do you give people when they start? Well, the first thing, regardless of the type of business, I think the first smart thing to do is set up a business. Yeah, you really need to you know set up an LLC, and it's so easy to do, and it's not that expensive. And you really don't need a lawyer, though I don't say that all the time. But you truly <laughs> don't. You can do it yourself. Um, I, you know, so go set up an LLC yeah. or hire someone to if set. If you're gonna be a publisher, up. it should be a real business. To be a business, exactly. Yeah. Great way to put it because it, this is not a hobby. This is a business, and if you're gonna get in, get in. Yeah, and do it correctly. And one of the ways you do that is by operating a business effectively and functionally and doing that involves setting up your business and getting all those kinds of business ducks in a row so once i get all of my like Mm -hmm. filing i'm a legit publisher now Right. What next? What's, What's your next? next? Yeah. The next thing, well, you've got this right or you're excited about, correct? Yep. Okay. I'm going to say before you go in the studio and you guys get all excited and you're cutting songs and you're running around town going, check this out. Let's get a deal between you, publisher, and this right. Wait, you can't, you, do, you don't suggest that we just, hey, we'll just help <laughs> each other out? And... I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have this philosophy that it's a lot easier to get everybody to agree during the honeymoon than during the divorce. Ah, yeah. Because I, this is, you know, we're in a personal services industry and and not all, and it's, you know, emphasis is on personal, and that not all relationships work. Yeah. And it's a lot better when everyone's happy to go ahead and make those decisions. You're in a good place. You can be fair. You can negotiate. Um, you should each probably have your own counsel, the publisher and the writer, but nonetheless, you can come to terms, and it's better to do it now than do it yeah. At a later point when things may go awry. Yeah. And we've had that too, where we get, I mean, we have our agreements in place, but sometimes the situations on both sides shift a little so we can modify, but at least we know where we're start, our, what our business relationship is with a writer. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing about a contract. The contract is not like 
it's not a concrete document that can't be changed. It can be it can be amended. Um, and it, it's just the two people working together, but it's just, or the two parties, it's just allowing there to be some sort of basis for the relationship upon which you build, as opposed to one person assuming one thing and one right. assuming another. And because it's not been sussed out well, you you wind up in a, a disagreement. And that happens if it's a successful unwritten partnership. Just as the same as if it's a Absolutely. unsuccessful, uh, like written partnership. You spoke earlier to saying it was a, the honeymoon is all great, but the divorce that that's just a that's a facet of the business. It's a part of it. Yeah, and I think that. <sighs> I hate to keep using the divorce analogy, but it's so true. It's the prenup. A contract in business is very analogous to a prenup in a marriage in that you're you're looking at what are we both bringing? What do we have? If this doesn't work, how do we we separate these assets? And how do we separate ourselves? And what's fair to one? What makes one whole? What makes the other whole? And how, how does that work? Um, so yeah, I, I'm just a big believer that the paper, if you get the paper right, make it fair, transparent, easily understood, everybody knows where we are, that's the best way to enter into a relationship. And so you're a new publisher, you're a business because you took care of your legal filings, Yay, you've you. got your writers under contract, written agreements between you. What would you say to do next? Network. 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 Yes. Yes. You. You're, it's a, again, I'll say it repetitively uh it's a net it's a relationship business yeah well i'll let you know it's repetitive across all 10 of these episodes has been (laughs) that we are in the people business as much as we're in the song good i'm glad we're consistent yeah (laughs) but we are it we are in the entertainment business so it should be fun first of all but we are in the people business we are in a relationship business we You've got to be out. This is not no man is or woman is an island. You've, you're interacting constantly with others, be it to set your new hot writer up with a new hot artist to write or another hot writer to write or to get them in front of uh, their PRO rep or in front of a booking agency if they're a performing writer, whomever it is. It's getting them the opportunities and those come through relationships. Yeah. So you as a publisher need to develop and maintain those relationships because they're vital to your business. It's your job as much as it's the songwriter's job to write a song. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I do hold songwriters accountable. I think they must network too. You can't just stay in the room all the time writing the songs, though that's the most important thing you do. But I think songwriters need to network too. But you're right. It's the publisher's job initially. But because before they can do any other part of their job, they've got to get some songs. So to get some songs, they got to get their writer in the right camps, writing with the right people, doing the right things, being in the right places, knowing the right people. And in doing all of that, that moves everything forward. And then the things like pitching the songs, getting the cuts, adminning the songs, you know, doing all of the other parts of the business that a publisher brings to the table that fulfills it. That fulfills it. I remember once you talking about uh, your tips for new publishers. And I remember <laughs> one that sticks out so much, which is just enjoy this process. 
That's what I say. It's an entertainment business. But yes, it, it is. I, I think you have to enjoy it. Uh, if you go at it from a standpoint, and this gets a little into life and not just pub, but nonetheless, it's applicable. I, I think that you have to enjoy the process or you won't succeed. Yeah. If you're just looking to get somewhere, it it just it doesn't work, I think, in life in general. You can look Denise up at her website, theprimacyfirm.com. And that wraps the first season of the Nashville AIMP Pubcast. I'm Michael McAnally-Baum, and I want to thank all of the guests for coming in and sharing their stories. Producer Brandon Harrington from Dime Collective for engineering and editing each episode and making us all sound so cool. Associate producers Olivia Hansery and William Dyer. I want to thank the team at Anderson Benson and the Nashville Association of Independent Music Publishers for making all this possible. It's been a real pleasure to host, and I look forward to meeting all of you at AIMP events throughout the next year. Thank you.